Welcome to No Cartridge, where we are presenting patch notes again. Um, I'm Trevor Strunk Kegelbot on Twitter, here as always with uh, Jonathan JB, Cryon JB, John Bernhard, um, the, the legend. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, please continue. Uh, Nathan, don't call me John Bernhard. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm out of them. I'm out All of right. Well, I'm, I'm, I, I get more each every week. So I'm oh no, I'm we have to write them out. I don't think I got oh, an Angry no. Bird this time. I hope I'm moving beyond that brand. I'm still not going to. Yeah, I think so. Before. I think it's funny. I don't. I don't consider you the Angry Orioles bird anymore. Uh, I think in, it's. In, yeah, I mean it's it's fraught. I can't change it. Everybody yells at me whenever I change my my Twitter pick. Uh huh. Sure. Of course. The Orioles are a dog shit baseball team run by a far right wing nonsense asshole general manager who um who's their who's their gm now uh, mike elias okay um of the elias sports bureau no maybe the same family he uh he went to yale he pitched for yale he played in the same team as uh ron DeSantis, who you may know is the governor of florida oh yeah of course uh he gave a lot of money to DeSantis's campaign um Multiple reporters have described him to me as to the right of Alex Jones. Uh, so, you know, it's it's a weird cool. brand to keep associating myself with. And I'm, I, and I'm looking for, you know, the next step, but I also don't want to put my fucking face on there because no one needs to see that. I don't know what you look like. And I, I – That's the point. <laughs> I honestly – I honestly admire – I admire that uh, only because um, – that's commitment to a bit. Mm. Um, I'm sure you're a beautiful, 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 beautiful man. And yeah, uh, all our right. listeners would agree. Oh, absolutely. Um, hey, I, uh, I actually do have something that I can tell you about. I finally mm-hmm. got the, uh, the game that I, um, the game that I ordered from, uh, from, what was, what is it called? What's the place that I ordered it from? Yesasia.com that I couldn't get yes, in the States. Asia.com. Um, yeah, I ordered, uh, the new super robot wars game and it's finally okay. come John. All right. Um, and I can play it on my switch so I can, I can have, uh, kind of like Spike Spiegel fight. Um, I don't know. Oh, is Captain that the kind of game it is? It's the, it's the, the IP, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, which is why, which is absolutely why, um, it, you cannot buy it in the, in, in America. <laughs> <laughs> Japanese companies were so much on that shit before Disney was. Yeah. It's kind of ridiculous. I mean, the Super Ro- Have you ever played any of the Super Robot Wars games? No. They're like, they're RTSs. Um, uh, okay. The, they have visual novel elements, right? So, uh, kind of. Like, like there's, there's a lot like of. At, once you're outside of the mech, you're like going through cutscenes where you talk to Spike and Faye or something. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not too far from that. that. Like, it's, okay. there's a lot of like. There's not a ton. There's a lot of dialogue. Like basically, it's it's mm-hmm. it has a very um, classic RPG energy where like you you have like extremely long periods outside of battle where it's like oh yeah here's the part where you're gonna listen to people talk for a while, but it's mm-hmm. very cool um, and you do get to you get to absolutely uh, pretend like you I don't know are in a world where Gundams and you know, get a robot and uh, Mazinger Z all team up to fight other robots and stuff. The plot is completely incomprehensible, um, and it's on Switch now. So I'm gonna get, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really enjoy playing that. I think, um, and it took like a month and a half to get here. So I, I feel like this is my first time ordering a game from outside of the country, and I feel really like I, I 
I did something right. I finally, it finally came through. Yeah. Nice. You finally feel like you did something right, ordering an imported game from Japan. <laughs> it was from, uh, from I believe, from China, but yes. Oh, okay. Um, right. John, anything anything new with you this week? Um, we'll we'll get to it when I talk about the game that I'm that I'm uh, promoting this week. Some of you may have heard of it. Some of you may have looked at my Twitter feed and know what it is already. Um, but other than that, no. We're on John a short is week. John is talking about and Star John. Citizen, his new favorite game. Yes, yes. Oh, we we should talk about didn't didn't another thing about oh how yeah, the I was like just fucking, a, a uh, giant con. <laughs> I, I didn't even I didn't even read it because I I've read the five previous pieces about how it's all a giant. I feel like con. anyone is if anyone just, is surprised that Star Citizen is a giant con at this point. I mean, it sort of speaks strangely to them. Like we're like, I mean, it, I understand it for the people who are deep in the people who are thousands of dollars in sure. to Star Citizen just to keep looking at people and saying no, no, it's coming out, it's happening, it's a real thing. Look at it. Look at the alpha. But for everyone else, I mean, we all we all figured out this game steal uh, in 2014. Right. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> this isn't new news. Uh, I mean, honestly, I saw that it was that the game was only like eight years old or seven years old. The Grift was only eight years old or seven years old, and I was like, that seems that seems short. I th- uh, I thought this has been going on since like you know Obama was. Elected. It feels it feels quite old, doesn't it? Like it feels like we've been yeah. talking about. Star Citizen being a thing that will never be released for like as long as we've been alive. And I mean, they, I think they've gone through multiple engines. At least they've at least done one engine change, as, even if it was just as an excuse for, oh, this is why it's not it's done. It's real Duke Nukem energy. Yeah. I mean, well, Duke Nukem came out. It was just brown. Oh, yeah. I forgot Duke Nukem Forever did come out. No yeah, one, everyone forgets that Duke Nukem Forever actually no one came cared. out. It was just yeah, terrible. It was really bad. It was like a cover shooter. It was like a Gears of War type thing, I think. That's terrible. Why would you make um, a Duke Nukem game that was a cover shooter? Because a different another company bought the IP and decided to cash in immediately with whatever they could get. They took whatever build they had, they polished it up, and they just shoved it out the door. I don't know. I guess I I guess that's fair. Yeah. I mean, it's basically what I would have done. I'm not going to like actually commit time and resources to making a, you know, a faithful Duke Nukem game that's not ironic, that I'm not like ironically putting out. Even in when was it released? 2015. Uh, that sounds right. Something yeah. Like that, I mean, Duke I guess Nukem like the question I would have is forever. like, could you? I 2011. Wow. Jesus, it's been a while. What, what um, time anymore? Yeah. This no. Year. Even in 2011, Duke Nukem was clearly on the "we can't actually do something good with this property" list. Like everybody who uh, who upholds Duke Nukem thought right now is either a Nazi or being incredibly ironic and hates. But you, I mean, like, what's I weird mean, about the, what's a, weird about Duke Nukem to me, right? Like, is that we've had this mm-hmm. we've had this resurgence of of Doom style shooters. Yeah, I'm, and I'm not saying the original Duke Nukem games were were bad games in terms of mechanics or playability at the time they were released. They were just odious and um, done better uh, by a lot of market competitors. Yes, yeah. Doom, obviously. No, for sure. I guess like the the question I have about Duke Nukem is like, why not? Like, did they not see an opportunity to kind of just do like a sort of serious Sam style yeah. thing where it's like, okay. This is just like this is a an, a totally over the top shooter, 
Um, I hope you like it. I mean, they they might have, but how good did Serious Sam three? I believe that was the game. Serious Sam three. How how well did that I actually do? Because I mean, it's it's on my Steam list, but you know, I uninstalled it pretty quickly. It looked kind of like a budget title, and I don't recall there being a Serious Sam four. There is one coming out. On that. Oh, they're they are making right. a Serious Sam four. Everyone is yelling at you right now. It's like John. I hope so. Yeah, Serious Sam three was also 2011, so that's a that's a hot eight year gap between. Yeah, at least eight it, year it, gap between three and four. Serious Sam three, I believe the customers were. Clamoring. I will say, uh, um, friend of the podcast, uh, uh, owner of the Twitter uh, and um, and streaming friend uh, Xenolalia uh, will be very upset with you because mm. she has recently described uh, Serious Sam three as a perfect game to me. That's probably true. I played maybe 20 minutes of it and didn't like the screamers um, and had other things to do. Um, and honestly, if you can make a DM like Doom 2016, I mean, the, the difference between a game like Doom and a game like Duke Nukem or Serious Sam is how much they want you to invest in the performance of the main right, character, yeah. right? Like... Um, like Serious Sam isn't isn't Duke Nukem, but he's not Doom Guy. Doom Guy was like the the one thing we know about Doom Guy from the Doom opening, besides you know he's the last guy left and has to kill everyone, is uh, that he fucked up his commanding officer for ordering uh, a modern Milai massacre. <laughs> right. Um, he's not going to strip clubs. He's not you know he's not even dropping one liners. He's not you know all that stuff. And when Doom. 2016 launch they leaned into that even further where he's just this avatar of death and i don't think that and you know a serious sam game can pull that off but if you want to lean into really heavy macho shit in 2019 you better have a better idea of what you're doing than i would have doing there because i can't figure out how to do that without you know going in the worst well way. i guess like the other thing there is i could i could imagine it working with serious sam in a way that I really like mm -hmm. you can you can make it ironic in a sort of like army of darkness kind of way mm -hmm. uh, that does not play sure. at nearly as well with uh, Duke Nukem. Yeah, no, I mean, I think Duke Nukem, I mean, Duke Nukem is going to come back because every IP comes back. Uh, we live in a zombie world. They're That's all correct. Come back. We live in a zombie world. But and, and, um, and but but enough but, about days gone. We covered this already. Just kidding. Uh, thank God we don't have to talk about that again. <laughs> Um, All right. Maybe should yeah. What happened this um, week? Uh, well, uh, so uh, just off the top, uh, in case people are listening and you have not heard the, I don't know what the order is going to be on these because these are going to come out pretty close to each other. But if if anyone's wondering the, uh, about the elephant in the room that's missing from this episode, um, I actually talked to I, I talked in depth with uh, with someone about. Um, and I won't spoil it, but uh, with someone uh, who was on the ground uh, for the riot uh, walkout, the riot games walkout, and uh, it did. I didn't want to rehash it too much. It was on our, it was on our list for this week. It yeah. was definitely something we're planning on doing, and it's just like we, I didn't want to do too much with it. I didn't want to dilute. Um, and John was John was good enough to yeah. change it. Also, yeah, and honestly, we might. This might be our first labor free week since the main podcast. Yeah, I mean before. that's actually pretty cool. Um, um, yeah. I mean, it's great not to have to talk about really depressing yeah. shit constantly and just Honestly. slightly depressing shit because we've got a lot of stuff. A lot of basically, our, our, now that we don't have to talk about labor, our three main stories are stuff we get to make fun yeah. of. And I like so to make fun of I'm, I'm curious. Uh, 
What's the thing that was funniest to you this week? Let's 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 start by talking about the funniest thing to you this week. Oh, there's been a lot. Uh, gaming related, it has to be. I mean, the easy answer is the one all of our fans out there are expecting, and it's the right. Sonic trailer. Very funny. Um, let's be honest. But before we get to the Sonic trailer, I want to detour to the Overwatch <laughs> cinematic game universe. I, I didn't. Oh, there was a trailer attached. I didn't. I, there was a trailer. I, I read the article. Watch the trailer. It's very. I, the article Avengers. was just like. Um, oh wait, are you? Yeah, the article. The article isn't journalism. It's, it's a press really release, bad, but I, the, you should. You should watch the Overwatch Storm Rising trailer. In fact, I'd like to pause so you can watch the Overwatch. Well, you can't Storm really Rising pause trailer. this. It's gonna it's gonna ruin the the podcast. Fine. We well, we're not gonna play it over. Okay, I'll yeah. describe. Well, no, it. I mean, it's, it's like in the podcast because it's gonna create like two different podcasts. That's how this this technology that I'm using yeah. works. Um, just a uh, look behind the curtain right now. I mean, um, it, I mean, it's only a minute and change. So you could watch it in the background, but honestly, you don't need to. Um, they're doing a story trailer. It's a story trailer. They're introducing a new mode, I believe, for the actual yeah, Overwatch the, game. If you're not familiar with Overwatch, I'm not. I barely. I, I have never not played it. I've watched. You know, some number of hours of people playing it because I watch a lot of people play video games. Um, I'm vaguely familiar with who's a good guy and who's a bad guy and how it doesn't really relate to what you're doing oh, as yeah, a gamer. Absolutely, in the game itself is all. Um, but the trailer is basically um, this guy Doomfist, who is one of the later characters introduced. I believe. I think. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's real bad. Um, he's like a he's a. I mean, all, all I know is that the bad guy in this is traveling in a in a limo caravan, and they focus on his fist a lot. So it seems fairly easy to assume he's Doomfist, um, or at least he's someone who works for Doomfist. The uh, and, and so it's all it's all the heroes. I believe it's Genji. It's the um, it's the ape guy Winston. It's Mercy. It's Tracer. Uh, I'm not sure where Widowmaker is. Probably stepping on some fans' balls. I mean. Um, <laughs> But it, it's them doing Avengers shit, you know, like they're talking to each other, they're quipping, they're doing their, their signature moves, they're, you know, they're doing their stuff. Yeah, and like... And, and that's fine. The, oh, go ahead, please. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and that would be entirely fine if we didn't have this story about breathlessly relating that this is phase one of the Overwatch... Cinematic universe, universe. yeah. And this is... and. We're not inventing this comparison to Marvel. This comparison to Marvel is present throughout the entire IGN article. And Breathless is absolutely as far as I can tell the, the, I- the adjective to use here. Like literally, there's the way the yeah. the way the article ends is um, it's so like the article frames itself by saying like people are really annoyed that uh, Overwatch never really like followed up on. Uh, its first trailer, like, and 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 sort of like where Winston's saying, you know, like, oh, I need more heroes and stuff like that. It's a cool trailer, actually. It's very, it's 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 very compelling, uh, and it, it it sold the game quite nicely. That that whatever, like, arrival or I, I can't remember what it's called, but like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just Same. it truly is just a it's a trailer for a hero shooter where one of the characters says, oh, we need Overwatch to come back, and then Overwatch is like the hero shooter you play. I like Overwatch. I play Overwatch. It's fun. Um, I don't care about the plot. The plot is, the plot is like, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you'd have to do to me to make me care about the overarching plot in Overwatch. But there is a line at the end of this IGN article I mean, that is, 
uh, someone saying, <laughs> someone saying, or the, the author saying like, I don't know, would you want, like, do you just want like a couple of videos, like lore videos that are, that are, um, that are just going to like get at the, get at the, the stuff and like be kind of forgettable? Or do you want like a full multi-game uh, experience to flesh out the lore? I think I know which I yeah. would want. I mean, I do know which one he would want because I've read the preceding article and noticed how poorly he treated them as journalistic subjects. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I can't get mad at um, – we should just say this is from Matt Perslow at IGN. I can't get mad at Matt. I know how hard it is to survive out there in the industry, and I know that he knows what his job is. I don't I – don't, I, don't, I, don't I didn't know who it was. I, I don't mean any disrespect. Uh, the byline is fairly difficult to yeah. find. Um, I mean it's not difficult. It's right there, but it's very small. It's in a smaller font actually than the text of the rest of the article. Um, nice. That's always what you want as a but, Yeah. I mean, I it's it, I don't want to get into like stuff about uh ludo narrative dissonance mainly because I on. hate that Use term. It. Use the that term. term. Uh that term that term like forcibly entered the discourse with the Uncharted games and hasn't left ever since. Um, and it's mainly become a, you know, a canard for complaining about how the cutscenes don't match the action. But frankly, it, you can't tell a plot-based story about how all these people are on the same side if the gameplay of your game is them all randomly assembling on different teams to kill each other in pursuit of weird, like, F1 Grand Prix through the city um, objectives. And so he's right in the sense that you do need a different game to tell a story with this. Like, I do think he's correct in the sense that if the choice is between you get normal Overwatch gameplay with occasional five-minute cinematic trailers, or you get a single-player or multiplayer, but like team squad-based Overwatch game that is dedicated yeah. to telling a story... I do know which one I would choose, and it's the same one that he says he'd choose because one of those is better for telling well, the story than care about the story, right? Like um, that's the other thing that's under undergirding yeah. this, which is that you, if you care about story and you want more Overwatch story, which would you want? If you just want a game where it's like, oh, all I care about is um, how like how fun the game is, you may not actually want the longer mm. <laughs> story based thing. It might not be good for you. Oh, it depends. I mean, Blizzard has uh, – Blizzard's in transit a lot. I mean, um, they've lost their, their sainted head writer, Chris Metzen, man of constantly sleeping on the couches in manic episodes. Mm -hmm. um, and they haven't necessarily really gotten better at writing video games since then. Um, but they – like, I still can't bet against Blizzard putting together a video game – that's fun to play if that's what their goal is. Like their goal with Overwatch was not necessarily entirely being fun to play. They were looking to build a brand. They were looking to mm -hmm. to enter a space. Um, and you know these, it, it's legitimate to think that maybe the magic is gone ever since the Activision merger. It's legitimate to think that um, maybe they just can't do what they did before with the Crafts and Diablo and. You know, World of Warcraft, um, and I'd say Hearthstone, but Hearthstone's dog shit. <laughs> oh, some serious uh, Hearthstone anger ben, over that's, here. That's some slander. Well, oh, I'm right. a magic I forgot. person. I'm sorry. No, he's the magic. That's just man. how we roll. But yeah, um, 
but yeah, no, I, I wouldn't bet against them being able to put out a single player or multiplayer co-op game uh, against, you know, enemy characters that is both engaging to play, has replayability value, and allows them to do the things they want to do with online mm. games of service stuff. Uh, what I would bet against them being able to do is tell a compelling story because they haven't shown evidence they can do so for like yeah i mean the 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 problem with the overwatch story is basically that like you're you're told that i mean there's like the the extremely sort of like basic account of okay so like the the omnics uh the 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 robots of the of the world are um uh, you know they're they're basically like it's basically like an x-men story where like okay they they represent wink wink uh groups that you might wink wink uh understand as oppressed um they're not them don't worry worry this is this mm-hmm. is a this is a metaphor um and so and so get away from any sort of like uh uh critique um or or even sort of like serious thinking about it but the um in fairness, they do do fairly well at representation as the very low bar that they have to step um, they're over. Okay, in the basement, I mean they? the problem with the problem with representation in Overwatch mm-hmm. is like a lot of it is just like uh, it's like in the yeah or like or like it's like oh you know we 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 made another we made another like um, we made another like cis woman or we made another uh, you know we made another mm-hmm. sort of like white coated woman. Um, you know, give us some plaudits. It's, I mean, it's very bliss. Like it's, it's, it, it's good. It, it does. It's not, not like a horrible effort, but it is not super like, I don't know. I don't know. It, it It's not sufficient. Let's say that. Right. Yeah. But the, I think like, yeah. Um, I, I'd want to have someone on who wasn't like a white guy to talk about why it's not. Sufficient. I, don't, I don't feel comfortable, but the, um, Oh yeah, Absolutely. It's not sufficient because a lot of it is just like our new character is this person we didn't really think too much about and we didn't give a good characterization to and uh, the end. Um, Or they're a hamster. Or they're a hamster. But the thing about it is what they do give good characterization to is the mechanics. So like, you know, you're you're Mm -hmm. fighting, you're playing against like characters on different teams. It's a team shooter. It's fun that way. But you also know in the back of your mind that um, the some of the characters you can pick are um, extremely racist against Omnics and want them all to die. Um, and some of the characters you can pick nice. are Omnics. And it's just like, okay, so your choice, like, if, oh, you like playing, you like playing as Roadhog? Cool. Um, I'm, I hope you find all of his like legendary skins. Um, he wants to kill all robots. Uh, and his wacky, his yeah, wacky fun I mean, I, I also see, wants I to kill all robots. That doesn't make any sense. Both of those guys, like, what, isn't Roadhog like a biker yeah, and they're, junk rat? They're, they're from Australia. Like in, a junk rat? In, in the game, just as in real life, Australia okay. is considered extremely racist. Oh, <laughs> well, that's quite nice. No, I mean, in all seriousness, the, um, you know... I guess I, I, mean, I, all right. I guess it makes sense that if they see those things as machines, that they. Oh, you're thinking way too deeply. There's just like there, there are certain people who don't like Omnics and certain people who do, um, and like it, it's okay. There's not a lot of clarity about it. Um, there's an Omnic war at a certain point where like the Omnics try and, uh, you know, I guess strip their, uh, strip themselves from their 
human masters and kill a lot of humans and stuff. This is literally the first I've, I'm hearing about all of this. How was this um, represented in the game? Uh, cinematics that you can watch on YouTube and throw away uh, voice lines. Comics. Yes, they do have comics. Do they have comics. I know they have comics. A lot of a lot of the okay. the stuff people figure out. It's basically like Dark Souls. If um, Dark Souls was not actually all that concerned about lore, so people listen to like. Um, and I really don't mean to be critical about Overwatch. I really, really do enjoy playing it. Liv is a is a very, very talented Overwatch player, and like, I think the character designs and the way they play in game are extraordinarily fun. Um, it's just the lore is very half baked, and a lot of it is like. Oh, Zarya said this when you like, this is her new voice line, which makes us understand that she cares about, you know, this X, Y, or Z thing this way. And it's like, and that's so, that's so half-baked. So what you're saying is that it's a perfect property to start doing a huge IP push in the sense, in the yeah, same right. way. No, exactly. The There's a lot of really well worked out characters okay. and yeah, no, it's, it would be a disaster. Awesome. I mean, uh, that seems to be what they're courting. Uh, everyone seems to think the MCU. Got, we've seen a couple stories like this. Everyone seems to think the MCU is like kind of over. Oh yeah, they're fools. They're idiots. Well, it's not done. It's it's only why, it's only why started spreading. <laughs> they need like millions. Yeah. And there's only there's only a certain much there's only a certain amount of mind share that you can get from this and Disney's going to price you out oh, of that market. So I guess if you want to do a, a OCU to call it such as the, the, I don't think the, the article actually says overwatch cinematic universe, yeah, but they, they may as well. to Marvel like five or six times. Um, I guess you do have to work in the space of this, you know, we're going to tell stories through our gameplay through these little events but you know what that reminds me of? It doesn't remind me of Marvel. It reminds me of the original World of Darkness. Like, mm. the old World of Darkness. Like, Vampire, the... Um, oh, here's the, the thing that you, that you haven't revealed about yourself Werewolf, yet. the Apocalypse. That you are a big... Well, yes, I, I know about... I know about... Um, oh, I mean, not that. that you are just, like, you're big time. You're big time uh, Werewolf, the Masquerade, and Vampire Bloodlines guy. Yeah, just I, I am. I, I really love all of those things. Mage, the Ascension, uh, Promethean, the Suffering. No, that's not its actual name. Um, it does describe it perfectly, though. But yeah, no, the way that old the old world of darkness worked, and you may remember the world. If you if you're not a tabletop gamer, you may remember the world of darkness from such things as every goth from your high school. Um, or more recently, a bunch of Nazis taking it over and kind of doing a lot of really crazy shit, like having uh, example dice rolls where a guy would roll four dice and they'd come up, oh, one, four, eight, eight in the playtest uh, section. Or they'd talk about, you know, Chechnya murdering all the gays and not quite derogatory enough tone putting that in your game to begin with is bad but the way they did it was even worse and the old world of darkness was every every edgy 90s bullshit thing you could get com combined with all the hippies and the 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 weird fringe uh, environmentalists and it, it was a weird melange of counterculture bullshit that ended up with like you know books about what Roma <laughs> vampires are like 
that was and the book about what Roma vampires are like is far more racist than anything the Nazis have put out in 20, 2018 uh, or 2019. Um, but the, the big thing about the old world of darkness is it had an overstory. Okay. It had a meta plot that advanced continually through big games and LARPs. <laughs> LARPs. And, you know, so, so basically when you bought a new supplement, the plot would get updated and you'd, presumably if you wanted to keep your game legitimate you'd have to change your story to match what was okay. going yeah, on in sense. the greater sure. world it's a little bit like the marvel universe in that and way. Like, things change events happen so you can yeah. rewrite, well i mean except the marvel your books and have more yeah. people buy them and they have to respond to them etc 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 except of course since it's a game you have to see the actual action and play control to players, mm-hmm. same as Overwatch is going to have to do when they do their news, their new stuff here, uh, their 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 you know their story events. So while Marvel can control the entire package and they control it to an incredible degree of skill and precision, um, Overwatch has to actually step back from the story and give you something to do that has to end the way they want to progress the story the next way. The World of Darkness people could just say, all right, whatever happened in your campaign doesn't matter. We're overriding it with uh, a spirit nuke mm-hmm. destroying Detroit or whatever. Um, the Overwatch people, basically, if, if they want to do a, a story, a plot thing, they're going to put you on right, which is what they've done. The people, people don't like it. Um, yeah. And, you know, there, there's no way around that. There's no way of dealing with it. You just – the way to make it successful is to – one, you have to be good at telling a story, which I'm not sure Modern Blizzard is. And two, you need to make it so that whatever you're doing in the game is so both engaging and on a higher level inconsequential to the story you're telling – to actually progress that story in a way that feels earned without making people start laughing about Widowmaker, you know, killing twenty five. Yeah, I mean, the, I think like the the thing for me is Blizzard is a little bit a victim of their own success in creating a game that has a bunch of players that you'd want a bunch of characters that you want to play as, right? Like, it's not like if if mm-hmm. the game was worse at that, then you could you could probably like probably say like all right well no one plays this character no one plays that character no one thinks this character is cool like we can we can probably just like i mean this is what the marvel universe does right like this is why we don't have like sleepwalker mm-hmm. in the movies and stuff this is like and you can choose and just like well just like the marvel universe every character in overwatch mm-hmm. is gonna yeah have no stars. absolutely and um, but the problem is like if you want to yeah. make if you want to make some if you want to make ex post facto someone like bad right like if you want to say like okay uh bad news um we've worked out all the lore and uh this person you like is uh actually a nazi uh, you're not gonna you're gonna alienate your user base very very quickly what well, one would hope that blizzard's smart enough not to go like no go i'm, I'm yeah i'm being Nazis. i'm being extreme, um but i mean you get the point. yeah yeah uh but no, they might do that for robots and you know we society uh, sci-fi in general has a weird relationship with robots society has a weird relationship with robots too but that's mostly due to philadelphia just fucking clowning yeah that's right we 
that don't don't bring your don't bring your uh don't bring your your hitchhiking robot to our city philadelphia was right um what sci-fi has an interesting relationship with robots uh star wars with droids was one of the the real movers and shakers in that sort of thematic space uh even even in if you don't like the original Star Wars trilogy, or even if you don't like the prequel trilogy, there's a lot of shit about droids in there, about how they feel pain, about how they're they're sentient right. and they're enslaved. Um, and it, you know, I believe uh, Rian Johnson's upcoming original trilogy that you know isn't going to be number episodes, and hopefully isn't going to be as deeply interfered with as Last Jedi obviously was. Um, it's going to be about all new stuff, and hopefully it's about droid stuff, because droids are the most fascinating characters in the Star Wars universe. They're people, right. but they're not treated like people. They're, they're, they exist in a slavery that um, goes completely unremarked upon or joked about. If, if it is remarked upon, it's joked about. Uh, like that, that, that scene about shutting C-3PO off in Empire Strikes Back, where he's you know annoying yeah, right. Han with his talking. Um, you don't get to turn people off. But you get to turn droids off in the Star Wars universe, and it's a funny joke. And it was a funny joke. But, yeah, I mean, I've laughed many times. Um, It doesn't mean it's not fucked up. Uh, And so if you're going to wade into that territory, which Blizzard seems to be with your description of how its its characters about robots. Um, Yeah. I mean, well, X-Men is also – X-Men does weird shit. Like if X-Men leads to leans too heavily into the metaphor to where it just becomes reproducing oppression, then you get really wild Nothing stuff. Man. Like um the idea that maybe you should actually discriminate against minorities <laughs> because they have superpowers. Like the, the, there's there's a con, there's a tension there. You can't actually go the full way with the the X-Men or mutants in general. Are, are standing for gay people or standing for racial minorities because the big reason, the main reason, the, the extreme reason is that discrimination against them in any form is wrong is because they're the same sorts of people as you are. If they, they can not. shoot lasers out their eyes, there is an actual difference there. Like you're, you're actually starting you're, to look at a gun you're control metaphor. A eugenics metaphor. Not a, uh, like, not a, not a, if, if there was a, if there was a, if there was well, a super yes race, and no. Could. Uh, somehow outstrip us by way of their genetics alone would it would it be in our rights to kill them is is like, mm-hmm. well if you wanted to the that. racial shit ma- no has never made that. any sense with me it's the idea that that all these people <laughs> the idea that all these people are the same race whether they control the weather or shoot lasers from another dimension out of their eyes or are saber tooth um like that that's never made any sense but the idea that you know they've always the the basic idea that some people are freaks from society and outsiders and they deserve to be treated like everyone else stands, but it just, you know, you can't push the metaphor of the X-Men too far. And I guess pretty much the same way you can't push the stuff. Right. With the yeah, no, for sure. Either. Cause I mean, at that point, at a certain point, like if you push the stuff with the droids too far, you end up with two different problems. One of which is um, the, I mean, the one of like, okay, so these are sentient robots that are, you know, could replace us is is that a problem mm. i mean there there is already already a couple of robot you, characters oh yeah yeah, yeah. Right? you can play as uh i mean genji is a robot Overwatch. yeah um, i know there's, the, the, uh, there's guy a, or why am yeah. i forgetting his name uh yeah the the um the the one who's sort of like the the zen guy zenyatta 
God. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. And obviously, this is not like new. I, I, I may have given the impression I thought Star Wars was, you know, mining new territory with the droid stuff. It, it hasn't. This has been a subject for debate ever since like Asimov started using yeah, droids as stand ins for people. Uh, back in the fifties, and we've done, and it's very r- well trod territory. You just very rarely see it pushed to its limits. And if you're going to push it to its limits, you have to be yeah, pretty careful about I, how you push it to its limits. Uh, and, but the thing that I will say is that it works a lot better in a world where humans have superpowers. And I think Overwatch has a lot of people with superpowers because if everyone has superpowers, then it's not like that you're actually creating right. a, a I mean, separate, the one thing I'll say about Overwatch, and, and this is like if you want to be if you want to be as charitable as possible. And I, I mean, I do, I, I, it would be cool if the overwatch cinematic universe <laughs> still bizarre. Uh, it would not be cool if there was an overwatch cinematic universe, but it'd be mm. cool if, if blizzard was able to figure out a way to make this plot sing in in, in, in like in effective ways. Like I would be neat. I, I would, I would, yeah. I would enjoy looking at that. Um, but the so like yeah. if I was looking at it in in the most positive way possible, I think my reading would be something like this: the game gives you a bunch of characters that you are unsure about. Like you you are meant to be unsure about these characters and their political motivations, and in being unsure about them and their political motivations, you are on some level um, cast into a position where like finding an easy good guy bad guy is tricky. Um, and if you if if mm-hmm. if somehow you were able to make that work, right? Like, um, if somehow you were able to, I don't know, like I don't know how to say this. If somehow you were able to land that, where like everyone was in fact living in this shade of gray, I mean, you could conceivably make a pretty interesting yeah. piece on what we're talking about. But like, I mean, you could do whatever you want with these characters. These characters are are malleable. The their situation is fairly malleable. Um, my main concern no, is no, and that you, you can't, can't do it. Do it you can't do it with deathmatch, and you can't do it in a in a situation where you have set up every character to be extremely likable, right? Like this is the other problem where like because yeah. it's deathmatch, Blizz wants people to play as these characters. Like they don't want any of the characters to be non viable like, because they want Overwatch to be played. So at a certain point, you have to say like, okay, um, you know, I want, I don't care that that uh, Roadhog is a racist. I think I want, I want people to buy these Roadhog skins. Um, I want people to get excited about this character and have a fandom and and et cetera, et cetera. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Doom, Doomfist game. is playable, right? Yeah, He's no, like for an sure. War criminal or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, okay. you you can play as him, and so like that's the thing. Like with the plot, there are characters who are not good, and um, people love playing as them. <laughs> like that's the thing. So, it, I mean, I don't. I think if you're going to do a, a something like this, you're going to have to be ready and willing to choose who your your main characters no are. Way. Who your there's no way they'll do it because a lot of the people in, are. and this is very very meta game. Uh, you know stuff but like a lot of players in the events are not necessarily like the players everyone would play in as in like tournaments i mean some are but like you get like you know i like playing soldier 76 because like i just like cover shooters and stuff like that and that's what i'm vaguely good at 
and so I can play him. But like Soldier seventy six is not someone you're going to see like people like constantly picking in the Overwatch League. And the reason the reason for this is because oh, I, I mean more one would hope characters, right? like yeah. Well, I mean, the worst possible thing to do is structure. Well, yeah, no, of course it is. But that's, I mean, that's what, um, but that's, that's the way the deathmatch would work with this. this I mean, I, like, that's why deathmatch doesn't work. Right? Yeah. Like, we're like, oh, you know, like, I want, I want the deathmatch element of the game to match up to the plot. Well, it better be someone you play in in the meta. Um, and at that point, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, we, I think we both can say, the answer here yeah. has to be a new game, which mm-hmm. is PvP. Yeah, and I, I, I if you want to don't do think they have it in so. I think that they really have other things they should be focusing on as a company right now. I think people. Personally. I think whatever's going on, you know, they should do that too. But that's more of an – I think Activision mm. is more, that's more of a driver on that than, than necessarily Blizzard is. But – Really, they need to focus yeah, on what's going on with Diablo. I think next. that's basically where and, their bread is buttered in a lot of ways, and like um, they, if, they have like they botched that announcement so bad. I mean, yeah, of course, gamers are gamers, and you know, screw gamers. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you've, you've heard oh, about BlizzCon this year. That's it requires so the app to get it. <laughs> and it requires, and the app takes uh, like every single piece of oh, private God. information off your phone. Yeah, it's, it's, it sounds. Can't wait, like to a great to, time. can't wait to go to that. Um, but I mean, that is one. That is that's one way to sell a mobile game. Force your all of your people attending. Yeah, and, and turns out when enter. you when you download the app um, to get into BlizzCon, hey, what's this? What's this neat little game that came with it? Oh yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. So the last thing I'll say about Overwatch uh, is I think it still would make a better cinematic universe. How dare you? Universal Monsters Cinematic <laughs> so, Universe. Cinematic. <laughs> the, the Monsters Universe was going to be amazing. It died in its cradle. And thank God for that. I never wished death on a child, but, you know, it was Silence a brand, brand, not a person. Those are all your memes, right? <laughs> um, not pretty much. Well, yeah, I can't, can't argue with you there. Um Hey, uh, speaking of brands and movies, uh, one of the things we need to talk about today is um, the little blue, little blue friend. I'm not talking about anyone's Viagra. Got it. Um, I'm talking about. That's right. Yeah, well, I, I did not expect that to go joke. there, but all right. Um, uh, I'm talking about Sonic the Hedgehog. So he's in a movie. I don't know if you guys heard about this. He's yeah. in a film. He is. He has hit the silver screen. Um, what do you think about the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, John? I think it's fascinating that they made a Sonic the Hedgehog movie, and the actual premise of the film is <laughs> cops versus troops. Uh, Sonic teams up with a cop played by James Marsden. I believe he is a sheriff in. Some You're telling me they couldn't get a real county to Northwest uh, to Doc- be the county of Sonic. I'm telling you that no county wanted to be affiliated with Sonic. Just a, a failure of imagination. Um, the the great Doctor Robotnik is played by Jim Carrey, uh, who is not in a fat suit. Um, 
thank God. Jim Carrey is notorious for loving to get dressed up in ridiculous shit. Uh, just, just look just into watch the production the of The Grinch movie if you doubt I've me I've watched on that. so many yeah. times. Don't, no, do not do that. Do not um, watch The Grinch not, movie. Not because I like it, but because okay, my daughter that's weird. Uh, likes it. Um, and it's, it's extreme child abuse to let her watch it. But, I mean, you know, on, on a certain level, she wants mm-hmm. to watch it. She can watch it. But it is it is a truly cursed movie. Yeah, it, it's it, grotesque. It's body horror. Um, Jim Carrey loves that sort of stuff. So he plays Robotnik, and he looks like a uh, steampunk rapper influencer um, for most of this trailer. Uh, he talks uh, – Jim Carrey can be very good when Jim Carrey is given good things to say. He is not given good things to say in this trailer. Um, he talks like a secondhand imitation of what people thought good 90s Jim Carrey was, uh, which means he talks way too much, way too fast, and people indulge him and just let him keep going forever, um, sort of like bafflingly staring at him. Uh, and it looks like the story of this is going to be the worst kind of movie franchise opening story. It's going to be like a semi-origin. Now, if you know anything about the Sonic the Hedgehog lore, and I unfortunately am cursed <laughs> to know a couple things about the Sonic the Hedgehog lore, you will know Mobius. it does not take place on Earth. It takes place on a planet called Mobius. Um, the way the scene you find yourself in, in Sonics 1 through 3, um, is that Robotnik has more or less already won and you are a freedom fighter, hedgehog, who is you know, going through these various zones and freeing the animals that Robotnik has turned into robotic enemies. That's why he's called Robotnik. Also, uh, anti-Soviet panic is why he's called Robotnik. I believe his yeah. real name is Dr. He sure does. He looks like an egg. Um, so it's you could make a sonic like if michael bay was making a sonic movie it'd be terrible it'd be, more but it'd be so much more interesting than this because he'd, he'd bring that transformer hell world aesthetic to it with like animals just being entombed inside machines that are just you know you know moving and and swirling around and twisting like the way that his transformers did which is just all these moving parts oh, just you know nightmare. crashing through your eyes um they are like they're they're like not even like a oh that's bad film wait no they they represent a physical nightmare mm-hmm. to watch like that is what he's going for those that it's like a, it's like a techno hell and that's what robotnik's sort of dominion over the first couple uh, Sonic games, the ones that you should be referencing when mm-hmm. you're making the first Sonic movie, is uh, it, it, it's kind of actually unclear, like whether Robotnik whether Robotnik is from Mobius because he's like the only human, uh, if he is human because he's a very strangely shaped man. Um, but no, in in the movie, uh, Sonic is apparently an alien. He keeps talking about um, Earth as your world to James Marsden's. Uh, cop character and Robotnik is a defense contractor. I mean, naturally. Um, I, I guess, like, that's that. I, I don't think a defense contractor is less evil 
than the Mobius version of Dr. Obonic. I think he's certainly think less he's interesting. Less interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it um, definitely gets you so, to the, the classic, yeah. uh, oh, where does he get all those toys? I mean, that's obviously not classic from Sonic, but like the classic thing that always happens in these movies when you have like a mad scientist, like, oh, where did he get all those great toys? Um, you know, you just make him the Joker. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, like, I think it looks unimaginative. It looks like a blockbuster. I like, my initial thought was, yeah. I, I guess I'd watch this. Maybe. It looks like at, and like thinking about it more and more, I wouldn't. It looks like at the end of the film, at the end of the film, yeah, then we'll be ready to right. have an actual Sonic the Hedgehog. And film. so, oh, good. No, I was going to say like, the, oh yeah, like please, the, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm keeping this in. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that the my favorite part of the trailer is Neil McDonough. He's the. Uh, He's the major yes. that uh, Robotnik dresses down. Um, and it's just completely like, what the fuck is this guy doing here the entire time? Um, I'm hoping he gets like point position on a lot of stuff. I hope he gets, you know, ways to um, influence the plot and he doesn't just disappear after this scene. Because I love Neil he's McDonough. He's done some of my favorite villain performances yeah, he's, he's great. Uh, on TV in the past couple of years. Um and frankly, I I appreciate Jim Carrey, but at least half the time my reaction is the same as Tommy Lee Jones's on the set of Batman Forever, whichever one it was, where he hugs him and and with tears in his eyes says, "I cannot sanction your buffoonery," um, which is one of the more amazing stories in show business. But no, Jim Carrey's done good stuff before. It's just here he's he's being asked to do major market ass Jim Carrey but he's also not being given the tools to succeed. We get a we get a shot at the end of him in the real Robotnik getup, the Robotnik ass outfit with the huge mustache shooting out to either side and the bald cap and the and the goggles. And that's what I want out of this movie but it's hard to shake the impression mm-hmm. that it that that's Yeah, no. And I think like something. so like this this combination of um fan service and like utter hesitation to i don't know uh i mean it feels weirdly not like fan service it feels well, like yeah, that's an ip like, launch it's, it's without anybody who's a fan in game only right where it's like uh, we'll oh yeah like we we definitely we love the same mm-hmm. movie you guys do um and then like the 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 approach is like never ever um actually um enjoying the film <laughs> or like doing anything that's like fun yeah, uh, with the movie and i mean this is like the this is this is uh and this is emblematic of like people saying that doesn't look like sonic and instead of being like no this is our understanding of sonic yeah. they well, said uh they said oh sonic. sorry <laughs> we will change the entire vision we of sonic. we'll work overtime to do it um yeah well, yeah, right. it's a, again, it's a question of who is we, because um, almost certainly they. What what happened is after the trailer's release, the reaction was so negative to Sonic's appearance because he had human teeth, and his proportions looked nothing like the video games proportions. He looks like a like some weird like badly drawn child uh, in the suit that has also undergone hideous uh, radiation poisoning. Um, 
and he has human teeth and weird eyes. And so the director got on Twitter and said, we're going to fix this. We're not going to stop working until, until the version of Sonic on the screen is the one that you people want to see. And every visual artist that I followed saw that news and was like, oh, shit, a bunch of people. Yeah, a bunch of people just, just had all their plans canceled for the next. You know. Because that's what it is. And that, that doesn't mean that the director is going to do anything. What, what it means is that he's going to go to his visual designer. They're going to take the original design that they pitched to the executives. That the executives fucking hated uh, because everyone knows that, you know, a, a lot of really t- – almost all of the art design jobs on movies like this with this much money behind them, all of those mm-hmm. are uh, staffed by very talented people. And it's beyond the pale to think that they didn't know what people wanted Sonic to look like. The problem was the MBAs that make the decisions about these films, the ones who go off their guts about what the public wants, are the ones who always chose the worst designs and asked people to make it worse all the time. So now that those have been rebuked, they're just going to pretend that none of that ever happened, that it was never anyone's fault that Sonic was bad, and they're going to take the original drawings or whatever designs that they actually believed in and they're going to send them to these overseas studios, which aren't unionized, which were terrible hours for low pay. Yeah. And they're going to reanimate the entire fucking movie because you can't just you can't just change change the the mesh and have the the you know the, the motion capture reflect that. Like they have different proportions between what people want to see and what they put in the movie. They're going to have to redo the motion cap. They're going to have to redo the animations, the coloring, the shading, everything. It's it's a, it sounds like a titanic amount of work, and the only reason the studio would have agreed to it is because they don't think it's yeah, going to cost very much. It's really grim, and like it it just like I don't know. Like there's something there's something extremely dark about people saying like I don't want a Sonic the Hedgehog movie, and then a studio saying, "Did I hear you say you don't want a Sonic the Hedgehog movie?" Well, okay, let's make it happen the way you want to see it. And it's just like it's it's very grim. It's like it's a representation of like. I guess a I mean this democratization of art that is also just deeply corporate and horrible. I mean, you could see this, uh, like I said, you could see the cynicism on this when it became Sonic's working with a cop, Robotnik's working with a troop, and the troop doesn't like Robotnik. Like you can see the executives yeah. adding in what they think is going to draw in market share. Uh, and it has nothing to do with giving a single shit about Sonic the Hedgehog, um, which me it's really weird because then who's your audience? Everyone always asks that question. Can you expand the audience beyond the diehard fans? How does Sonic do that? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Especially when like, Sonic doesn't. It's look not like as Sonic. if it's not as if anyone is like because I heard I, I overheard two people talking about the Sonic trailer at um, at the dollar store of all places, and the one guy was like the one guy was like. Yeah, I know it's it's it rocks. Podcasting has um, made us so rich. But people are like, people are like, yeah, you know, like he was like, oh, I saw. Did you see the Sonic trailer? And the guy was like, yeah, I did. And he was like, I would totally go see that. Do you want to go see that with me? And he was like, I really just like have no interest. And I was like, I couldn't blame him. But like, uh, you know, if you if you don't care at all yeah. about Sonic, like, I why mean, would you be interested in this? I'm not even sure why people who do care about Sonic would be interested in this. It's not going to be the stories they love. It's not going to have the characters they love outside of the two main ones, 
both of whom don't look like the characters. Wait, the two love. main characters, three people in Sonic, Sonic, and Amy's in this one too. Post credit Amy sequence. I believe. I believe in gonna the, the cult of Robotnik. Um, no, no. The two, the two greatest characters <laughs> everyone knows are obviously uh, Sonic and Shadow the Hedgehog. And I look forward to. Uh, the Can John I make a Wick confession on air that that no one, that people are going to be mad at me about? Uh, I've never seen any of the John Wick movies. Mm. Yeah, mm. I mean you should. Yeah, it's people. A good time I, people see love them. Ones I mean, out, they seem really like, good. I, I mean, they're. I love action movies, so. I love them. Um, I can see why people, they would not be people's things. Uh, they are cr- incredibly good. They're also incredibly stylized. I did write a 4,000-word uh, column once about how John Wick 2 is about the crushing reality of capitalism, and it is. Um, so my investment in the Wick franchise is demonstrated. All right. Um, but it, the, the, I, I can see why people might not it might not be their thing. Um, but the thing is that it's drawn in so many people who just love Keanu. He really Reeves. is. It's, like it's Keanu amazing Reeves is what such Keanu a Reeves has been able to do with his career. Uh, it, it's ridiculous. And, and you know, the first, the first Wick movie was just him getting together uh, his two stunt coordinators from the Matrix. Really? And handing them a script and giving them direction, you know, making them directors. And like, go, yeah, John Wick is the two stunt coordinators from the Matrix. Uh, directing Keanu Reeves because Reeves said he that's wanted cool. to do a movie with him. That's why he picked up the the script in the first place. Um, and that's and no one had any expectations for that film. I I was on record saying it looked kind of bad before it came out, uh, and it was and just no it was all killer, just endless banger. Um, there was like one filler scene. Um, that's true. And it was about it was him and his dog. So you can't hate it. Yeah, well, not, 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 yeah. spoiler. Yeah, I know that. Died. And that's the thing. The you know that part. Yeah, I mean, they made a they made the most compelling revenge flick in twenty years Good. about a puppy dying. Um, it, it's it's an accomplishment, and and the second one is very good too. Uh, I have high hopes for the third one. Um, I assume they'll make a fourth one at some point. Um, the funny thing about these movies is they all happen sequentially, like to the point where there's like. It, once John Wick one cuts to black, John Wick two Sweet. picks up like maybe five minutes after that, and the same is apparently happening with John Wick three. So he's just been like killing hundreds of people within a thirty-six hour it. period to begin with before three <laughs> even begins. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty amazing. Uh, but yes, uh, I have no hopes for the Sonic movie. Um, it's probably better if it dies, but people are going to get abused. It's rough. Regardless because of the pre-backlash. And it's, it's very not rough. even really rough the pre-backlash's fault. Um, what's our final topic, John? Man, it's Anthem. I read this article. It's probably the last time we'll ever be talking about it. It was Anthem. so depressing. Sad. It's just... It's just sad. Like I don't, I don't. To... I've never played Anthem. I probably never will play Anthem never at this point. Battleborn. I mean, <laughs> the, the the stuff we'll, we're about to talk about. But this is just. It's it is a it is incredible how bad failure this is all gone. Um, I mean, it truly. So like the thing that the thing that uh, the article you sent me mm-hmm. this week was um was about how there were these special chests in the most recent 
update that were players were i mean as someone on reddit pointed out in the article like like is a strong word um especially when it comes to anthem they played Mm -hmm. anthem to get these chests i'll say that and basically anthem put out a bug update like a patch um and and i say bug a, a bug update not because i don't know what patches are but because like specifically this was just like an update it wasn't wasn't supposed to... yeah it was something it was super normal, normal. and then it was, a minor, super normal, it was a maintenance fix they said uh they said hey and then what um, else was in the patch notes bad news or uh hey those elysium uh, crates that you were getting those things that you were playing the game for even though this is a dead game um the the one thing that you cared about in this game um real bad news um you i mean you better spend them soon because they're uh they're going away forever it's funny i'm looking at the um at the at the the kotaku article in the quote the quote is a reminder that elysian cages will be going away on may 7th so if you have any keys left be sure to use them today it read this article was published Unless I, unless I'm not like it's not updating properly, it was published today at one thirty-five p.m. Uh, what was today? Seven, yesterday, since it's now twelve at one in the morning. Yeah, so they released a patch it's saying they were going like, away on the day that they released the truly, patch. Truly, like, and I remember they were saying like just there was a, a line in the thing that says like, "Oh yeah, um, you know, you're gonna." There, there was a moment where, um, they kind of they kind of hinted at the fact that it wasn't going to be forever. Um, they said like, oh yeah, you know, these might not be around forever. You never know what happens in the world of Anthem. And then like, they were like, but people just thought maybe that was flavor text Mm -hmm. and that it wouldn't happen. But it's so crazy to me to look at the one thing your game has done that has gotten positive responses in the past. I don't know, since the first day of its release. Yeah. Since launch. I mean, and I forget about like the one thing they've done that got positive responses. It's one of the few things, one of the few post-release yeah. uh, and the content it. modules they've added. Period. Right? Like they like they they ended they added a stronghold mission, which and is truly, like a raid, truly, I believe, like the most for depraved individuals on team. Earth finding um, time to wait for a four-person queue to do a raid in Anthem. Yeah. And like, and when people gave. Anthem lenient reviews, and by lenient I mean they gave them they gave it uh, sixty out of a hundred instead of forty five out of a hundred. Uh, the reason they gave that leniency yep. is because of the promise of post release content and game service that free content will be rolled out for Anthem on a regular basis from the bio, from the original launch team. Not not the same develop, not the same you know overseers. The 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 brains, whatever, but a, there would be a live team from the Overwatch dev team that would be creating post-release content to make this a evolving game over the future, and that would make up for the fact that it was dog shit at launch. And um, th- yep. they've removed all those people. It truly to go work is on Dragon Age Four. Like it is. It, and I, I feel, I feel for the people who have to work on it. Like the the guy, the the sort of like um, the guy mm-hmm. who is is responsible for for talking this stuff up went on the Reddit and went on the subreddit, which I mean that there's an Anthem subreddit is. Uh... Mm-hmm. 
That's well, I mean, that's what you need. That's how you interact with the community now. Every every game of service has one of those. And I do not envy the people whose job it is to be the the warm bodies on Ugh, the line awful. between the, the gamers and the executives. Uh, the community man community manager is probably one of the most emotionally taxing jobs that are hideous economy and so like i mean the, the, the thing that community manager said was basically hey look like the the i know you're upset that we took stuff out and i get it but like we just i, I know that's what it looks like and it's bad optics but sometimes we just have to we just have to go with what we what works and what works right now is uh is not this like it just doesn't work and so i get that like i I could see that being even true. It just like, even if that's the truth, there's no spin you can put on this that makes it even remotely palatable. I mean, he's a man being asked. He's a man being asked to explain why the hole, the the wall with the giant hole in it, right. is actually good against the encroaching army. That's his job, and there's no good way to do that job. There's no way to do that job without appearing like an asshole. Um, your only hope as the community manager is that uh, your bosses don't scapegoat and I, you I think it, when everything goes sideways. I think. I mean, I and think honestly, it, that's like a fifty-fifty proposition. Yeah, these days it's uh, that's a it's it's far worse than fifty-fifty. I mean, for for at least for a big company like EA, they are faceless enough that you know if there's a reprisal coming to you it's probably not personal yeah right but you don't get afraid of you <laughs> that is heart. a cold you comfort get, like, just right there um yeah i mean and when companies do community community managers dirty like that we usually do hear stories about it it's very it's usually frowned upon because yeah, at least no, those companies true. do realize that these people it, are it the, the shit is, people. Uh, yeah i mean i don't know like what a what but, a horrible yeah. horrible job to have to do i wouldn't are you kidding there, yeah. there are certain hey, jobs I that it. i just would not want here. and like defending anthem to a bunch of furious redditors i wouldn't take it I mean, it's 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 like it's honestly a job that is tailor made to make you go insane. If it's full time with benefits, I'd take it. That's just where freelancing has. Speaking of jobs that are tailor made, yeah, would not be my first choice if I had other choices. Yeah, it's uh, it's a shame. I think uh, I think Anthem had all the promise in the world, probably. Um, it looked like an interesting game in some ways. Um, they could have made it an interesting game. Um, they uh, botched it. Like, horribly. Yeah. Um, I mean, what, what we can touch Do on Do we have time for like, one more subject? Do you want to move on to games? No. Does it look good? Did you see the new Bloodstained tra trailer? I'm excited about Bloodstained. I was just oh. thinking about it the other day. Uh, yes, it, it's in fact what it looks like. What it looks like is the story. In fact, uh, the new Bloodstained trailer is a hilarious troll. Um, if you remember the the reaction to Bloodstained, which is the uh, game by the Castlevania director. Oh, let me see if I can figure out his name. I don't want to get it wrong. I Igarashi. 
uh, Koji Garachi's um, attempt right. to make a like a serial numbers filed off Castlevania for the modern age. Basically, looking to replicate Symphony of the Night. There have been two Bloodstained games. One one is going for the the PS One slash any SNES era that Symphony of the Night represents, and the already released Bloodstained game is more like an NES Castlevania type one. And I believe the already the the already released Bloodstained game looks perfectly fine. Uh, looks like it plays well. I've seen someone play through it. Um, but the the big deal is supposed to be this Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, and people. Uh, fans, backers, because it was a Kickstarter game originally, backers uh, were not pleased with the art style. They thought it was bland. They thought it was uh, boring. Uh, they didn't like it. So the, the trailer opens with shots of the old version of Bloodstained, <laughs> and it just starts superimposing tweets and comments from the Kickstarter about how bad it looks all over the screen. And then the rest of... And then it cuts to uh, Igarashi himself in live action, holding a glass of wine and looking disturbed, like he's been shocked. And then he says something like, this will not stand, and throws the glass of wine down, breaking it. And then it cuts to um, like a slider superimposing the new version of the game over the old okay. version of the game, sort of like, yeah, and, and putting them side by side and showing you that the new visual design for Bloodstained looks really cool and a lot better than the, the sort of bland, uh, static... Uh, very, very tan actually is what is the is the feeling I got from the from the old art. Um, but there's a lot more contrast. It looks like it's got some cell shading, more cell shading going on with the uh, with the act with the you know differences between different parts of the characters' bodies and the environments. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like there's more stuff in the background. It, it honestly looks a whole lot better. Um, and they also gave a release date with that. And honestly, I am so here for yeah. Game companies turning fan. Do you think it was was it a ruse? It is so good. No, it was not a ruse. It was obviously a case where what they were doing was not working, and the response they got was so negative that they mm. went back, uh, delayed the game, and redid the art style. Um, it mm. you know it obviously took a lot of work too, but it looks a lot better, uh, and. You know, the same considerations come into play as we just had with Sonic Studio, as does with this. Obviously, you want to know what those people are getting paid. Did they have to just crunch for another six months? It's not great. Um, But divorced from the labor abuse that might have been happening behind the scenes, the idea of of taking fans talking shit about you and saying, well, here is is the direct response to your shit talk. Yeah, I would agree. Um, That's sweet. I um I'm fun. I yeah like I said I'm I'm excited about Bloodstained I uh, I've been I I found it uh, not really understanding what it was because I know the the uh, other Bloodstained and that I was like okay well that's already out this doesn't look like that and it confused me um, until I looked into it and it looks really fun. Yep, I'm probably not going to play it that much. I. Um, it's not my kind of game, but um, you know, there's always there's always another chance to for a Metroidvania or a, a literally a Castlevania game. That's what Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is. It's it's a yeah, yeah, Castlevania sure. game. Well, to grab me let's for the talk first about what time. has grabbed you, John. What what games are you playing this week? Jeez, oh, I'm back on my bullshit. I'm playing Hades again. Um, 
a huge content pack just dropped literally well i guess it's yesterday now but it dropped on the 7th of may um it added in entirely it added like another third to the game so it's like 33 percent bigger now um if you if you didn't listen to the, our first episode or uh, don't recall what Hades is, it is a game by Supergiant that's an early access on the Epic Store. You play as the Prince of Hell, Zagreus, uh, who is not an existing Greek mythological character. He is the Supergiant Greek, myth, Greek uh, mythology OC. Uh, trying to escape Hades. Yeah. Um, trying to escape Hades, uh, dealing with his sad and angry ex-boyfriend and his sad and angry ex-girlfriend that's the problem with being bisexual um and trying to find his mother uh who has left hell i won't spoil who his mother is but if you've like ever been in school i you probably should know who hades's main squeeze is um but yeah we've we've gotten it's it, it got a huge new content update uh it added mm. it added Basically, I, I think the game's about close to finished. Uh, they've made they've added the three main areas in the Greek mythological underworld. So you've got Tartarus, Asphodel, and now Elysium is the third area. And there, there's not a lot of other places you can go besides that, with, unless you're inventing something. Uh, there's the Plains of Judgment. Like uh, I don't even remember its name. Um, I think it has three names, and they're all very long. Um, but there's like the play of play the the planes of judgment, the veil of sorrows, and that's it. And honestly, those two places aren't like in the main big three. Uh, the big three are Tartarus, Asphodel, and um, Elysium. And there's five rivers that run through hell, um, mm. but they're rivers. You can't make them into areas to fight in. Really, uh, they try with Asphodel. Um, so we're ne- we're probably nearing the end of main game content for that, which is fine. The game went to early access, I think, about eight months ago. When it released, it was a fully complete. It had the full gameplay loop. All the mechanics were in it. They just didn't have as much content as it does now. So they've added enemies. They've added more rooms. They've added more gods to give you blessings. They've added more subsystems. They've added an additional weapon. Uh, Ooh, sweet. The... The new area has added Theseus and the Minotaur to it. Um, you will see how they interact if you play that. I won't spoil it. Um, and honestly, it, it's one of these things where I, I'm, I like Supergiant games like fanatically as an aesthetic and as someone watching them. Um, Bastion is one of my favorite games ever. Uh, watching them and listening to them. Their music is some of the best in the industry. Uh, Bastion was an amazing game. I've played and beat that. I couldn't get into Transistor's gameplay, even though I love the aesthetic, the world, and the story. I couldn't get into Pyre, despite loving the aesthetic, the gameplay, and the story. I love the aesthetic, the gameplay, and the story. Uh, sorry, the aesthetic and the ah. story of Hades, but I also love the gameplay this time. Um it's, and it's, so it's like a rogue light. You keep some progression. Um, every time you die, you have to, you know, pull yourself out of yeah. blood pool and walk and walk by your dad's desk while he laughs at you for dying. Um, and you know, you have to deal with you know your your exes and the various bullshit and build relationships with people. There's there's a whole. It's not really visual novel level. Um, plotting but you know you, you, there are extensive dialogue trees 
to go through with all of these characters. Like Achilles is the guy hanging out in Hades teaching how to fight. Orpheus is the court musician who refuses to play any music. Um, Thanatos is the god of death who is also your ex-boyfriend and will show up to sulk at you and random maps throughout your run and also kill everything in sight. He does 9999 damage. He just murders everything. Yeah, and he's a badass. Um, and also, if you go back to to town, to the Ooh. House of Hades, you'll figure out that he has moved on from you with another character. And that this other character has suggested that a way to get Thanatos to mm. spend more time with him would be to kill the entire human race. I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, if all the mortals died at once, that would give Thanatos more time to spend with, with this guy. It just seems like there's some other knock-on effects there that wouldn't be great. Um, but the gameplay is fantastic. They just um, they added a new uh, a new system where like gods can work together. Like if you get a boon from a god who gives you a certain buff to one of your attacks, and you can get another boon oh, from nice. a god which modifies that with with one of their elements. So let's say that you talk to Dionysus and Dionysus yeah. big thing is poisoning people because he gets them drunk. One of his things is he turns, he gives you a grenade. He turns your cast ability into a grenade that throws a AOE persistent fog on a spot. Um, if you then, if you take that fog and then run into Zeus, Zeus can give you an upgrade oh, where enemies nice. within that fog will get re- continually struck by lightning. That sort of stuff. Um, and there's, you know, that sort of interplay is great. There's, there's, I think there's 10 different gods at this point now. So that's 10 different kinds of skills you can get because each one has a very, has a very direct theme at this point. Um, I love it. It's probably going to be my game of the year. I'm, I talk about it with the same, well, uh, we all know frequency and intensity that I talked about prey in 2017, which was and little yeah. did we know that my first no card for appearance was talking about uh 2017's prey uh yeah uh so anyway, I, I love it um it came out today so part of the reason i'm doing this is that <laughs> you didn't have to give us that spent most of this week just playing more magic um I didn't have to confess that, but I did. Uh, next week's game will be a different game that we have not that I have not talked about before. It was gifted to me by a listener, uh, David. And, nice. Uh, oh, you I've actually reminded so me. Far, I do have a new I'm game that I, I, I played. I was going to talk about the. Um, I was going to talk about the uh, Chalice Dungeons in uh, Bloodborne, which I have has has really kicked into my weird obsession with. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, grinding uh, to, to calm down and like it just relax. Uh, and since I have to mm-hmm. make sure I'm not spending too much time in uh, plot sensitive areas uh, because I'm stream, uh, this, the chalice dungeons have been wonderful and, and it's been like a really fun little thing for me. Um, now remind me the way chalice dungeons work is they take, it's a re they take, they take a bunch of nodes from, maps used in the overworld basically and they shove them together into that's effectively procedurally right. generated there are a lot of consistent like, and predictable um, shared dungeons and, and, right? and truly consistent um chalice dungeons as well and that's sort of where i'm at now like i've, I've been playing a lot of those but uh you know okay. 
you also get these root dungeons, which are fascinating because they they also contain things that can be totally surprising. People, a lot of people have been to them and, and seen things that like you know you can't see otherwise in the game, basically. Um. Anyway, I I promise not to talk about Chalice Dungeons, but they're cool. They're they're like a really neat inclusion of the game. Um. Now, uh, the the game I ju- I just remembered I did start today. Um, not start, but I re- I picked it up again. Uh, is a game that I will be you know I say competing, but I'm not going to win anything. Um, I'm going to be playing it at Combo Breaker this year. Um, because I like going to Combo Breaker and uh, it- <laughs> it's a it's a fighting game tournament. This is for the audience. It is it's held in St. Charles, Illinois. And uh, we have family who are really close by there. So we will generally go and visit the family around Memorial Day. And it will also be Combo Breaker weekend. Nice. And uh, um, one of the some, uh, someone who's a friend via the, the show, uh, Curly W, um, very, very nice guy, very, very good, good follow and a, and a good mm-hmm. friend, um, is one of the people who organizes um, uh, Combo Breaker. So we, um, I get to... Uh, set it up with him and I go cover it and I interview people. It's fun. It's, it's, it was, it was a lot of fun last year. And actually um, I was blown away by how nice. um, absolutely nice the, uh, the fighting game community is. They're just like very, very sweet people. Um, it is a, a supportive and good community. Now I cannot speak to smash as far as this goes, I will not speak to smash, but otherwise it, that generally is what is said, um, except for the Smash except people. Except for those people. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, I I am fighting in. I'm I'm competing in um, two games. One is uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, um, which was absolute Fighters, which is an amazing game and was absolutely on my Fighters. my game of the year list. Uh, it was really really good, um, and uh, but I know that game okay, and I will not bore you with it right now but um one of my one of the games that i have uh recently uh rediscovered and i'm, I'm competing in is um i'm just gonna call it unist because it's a uh, under night in etc etc like whatever yeah um it's one of those games it is an it's anime the, game. It's the game one of those um yeah. the anime it's, games, right it's an anime game there we go that's like really funny and like, like uh, yes, yeah, sublime. Yeah. It's well text translated, but yeah. randomly. Uh, it is sort of like throughout. poetry. It's, it's like it's good. It's like poetry, and it's a very fun fighting game. It's simplified. There are three buttons that you can press to. Uh, it's sort of like Sega ish because the buttons are called A, B, and C. Um, mm-hmm. But the um, the the it feels very simplified, but it is extremely complex in terms of how its combos work. Mm-hmm. It's just a great little fighting game, and um, I was—I'm always a little worried about Arxis games because um, Guilty Gear is great, but you have to worry that like it's just going to be way too anime for its own good. Um, no offense, people love anime. They—they're constantly yeah. They do the Persona are, fighting games. They do Blaze Blue. They do Guilty Gear. Um, they do Unist. Um, yeah, I mean, I, they're, they're just have their hands in everything. Um, 
but yeah, no, it's it's um it's very fun. And actually, like I'm I have to get a little deeper into it, but the music's great. It reminds me of Initial D music, which is something that I can always get behind. You know, a little bit of Eurobeat. Um, but yeah, I would I would recommend it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can just get it for cheap nice. on um, on the old uh, on the old PlayStation Store. Um, I, I do not. Hmm? Oh is no, it, no, it's it's, it like it's available. It's, a, it's it's in it's in. Is it um, region locked? Or do you have to go uh, into a Japanese too. store with a Japanese? Yeah, it's great. So um, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. Um, I don't have much to say about it other than it's just awesome. like a very fun anime fighter. Um, I don't have a main yet. It's too early. Um, I, the who's funniest the character is um, oh, what is his name? All right, who's the funniest I'm character? Look it up because I'm going to forget his name. Um, the funniest character to me is. It's a unist. Um, I've always asked this question yeah, after I learned that Guilty like Gear has a, a man called um, Man and I a man strapped like, to a bed. Yes. Um, so the, the game is called Underknife Under yeah, in Birth, EXE Late Est. And ST is one colon, but the how, in, uh, how many colons in, in brackets um, the plot is completely um i mean it's completely i how say this uh insane and you can't understand it it's impossible gotta be yeah i like um this i like this character in kidu who's I assume kind of there's like a, a, there's a tie-in he, novel or something kind of like has a um you know there's like bigger characters oh, there's one in guilty gear who like swings around uh Oh no! There's one in Guilty Gear named Potemkin who's huge, and there's one in King of Fighters who swings around like a big, uh, like a a leg iron that's attached to him with like a big old uh, ball and chain. Um, yeah, yeah. I like him because he's uh, he's clearly like yeah. the game is made up of teens. I'm looking basically. at him now. I like Street Fighter. I like about like I forget his name. Um, yeah. And I like that a lot, and I I relate to him. Um, so he's my favorite character, and he's also the funniest to me. Yeah, he's the old man at age. Yeah, 24. very big pants. But yeah, Undernight doesn't have the same. I will say, Undernight is a little bit. Um, it's not huge grim pants. dark, but it's very serious. Huge pants, um, and it's it's far more serious than uh, than Guilty Gear. Guilty Gear is is kind of like a weird, funny game in a lot of ways. Like mm-hmm. Guilty Guilty Gear is like, I mean, it's unfortunate, but it's it's okay. Like you know, different strokes. But Guilty Gear is definitely like not so the funny. Like I mean, there's a there's a character who uh, named Venom whose mm. whole attack scheme is uh, he shoots pool balls at you, degenerates pool balls. It's like yeah, and he has like a funny little uh, like a face mask on. Yeah, um, I remember yeah, that guy. That he has uh, comes in with he's he, very he funny. Like a, a dude with a pool um, cue. Right? No, I mean. I, I would say Guilty Gear has the best sense of humor of any fighting game I've seen yeah. outside of like, I don't know, like that classic Street Fighter humor style where like there's always going to be some character who like, why are you in the, why are, why are you in the Street Fight? Why aren't you like just like a dad or something? But um, it's not great. Um, I'll be honest with you. It, it always is just a little bit. It's a little bit too schlocky. Yeah, to be honest, Street Fighter's humor has never landed for me. But anyway, that's what I'm up to, and I will probably say more about it uh, on a future episode of this. John, yeah, it's been a pleasure as always. What any anything we left out? Anything you want to end with? Nice. Yes. 
Uh, not really. I I think next week we're going to like. I want to look into more of these um, fucking what is it? I do the switch shit. There's a lot of switch stuff happening. Um, can uh can can one honestly, of my listeners buy? The problem Jonas. is I don't have a switch. Do you have a switch? Okay, we we need to we need to expand our switch coverage. <laughs> I'm sorry. Please don't say that. Now now I don't I don't like that but um yes i wonder if you buy me a switch uh, no no i uh, yeah i we i think we need to have cover you hearing this from just, people you know, or you are you really i have a lot of streamers i watch i can watch switch games it's not a big problem um but no i think we should talk about that we haven't covered no no mm-hmm. i i just i've i've been surveying the topics that i've been adding to this document and none of them have ever had anything to do with the switch as far as i can recall um and it's, it just seems like a blind spot, especially since like every game is getting re-released on the Switch, like ever. Oh yeah, the Switch is huge. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. It is just like everyone wants to have their game on the Switch. Everyone, I mean, like, and I can I get it. Like, it's it's a super fun. I mean, it's a really fun mobile console, basically. So, yeah, no, we should talk about it more for sure. And also send me three hundred dollars um, for the Switch. Please send John three hundred dollars or a Switch in the yeah. mail. Um, just mail to John Bernhard one two three one two three street. My Twitter handle on it. They'll know where to send it. They know who I am. John lives in New York and it's a Yankee. Absolutely. Fan. That's why I want to die all, all right. the time. <laughs> all right, John. Well, until next week. Um, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Trev. Mm-hmm.